Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Waiting is always the hardest part when you hit the go live, where it decides whether it wants to let you be live or not. Welcome to another edition of the Happy Hour podcast. Ricky is uh, traveling for work. He's in uh, Florida. We may see him a little bit later in the month. But as we turn to the month of March, getting ready for free agency and the draft, we wanted to look at consensus ranks across the position. So today, uh, as we Begin that by looking at our top 10 quarterbacks. I'm joined with two of our other writers and panelists, Jason and John. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, Matt. How are you? Hanging in there. Last <laughs> 70 degree day before snowpocalypse descends this weekend. We got 70 coming tomorrow, and I've got a tea time book. So very nice. Jealous. You, get, you probably don't have to worry about snowpocalypse, though, Jason. No. <laughs> I remember one time uh, two years ago in February, we went for somebody's 40th birthday to Las Vegas. And when we landed, it was actually snowing in Las Vegas, which was a massive disappointment coming from Colorado. And all the way to the hotel, our Uber driver's like, it's snowing. Isn't it great? It's something different. I'm like, sure, sure. <laughs> this is what I just left. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, as I said, we are going to be diving into quarterbacks today. What we're doing for the month of March is we are looking at consensus rankings for uh, the top 10 for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end the next four weeks. Panel of four of us, the three of us plus Ricky, turned in our top 10. The way that it worked was we put all the players down there and we assigned them a score 10 to 1 based on where they were in the position, max score being 40 and this is where our top 10 came out there are actually 11 quarterbacks spoiler alert because we had a three-way tie at the ninth position which kind of tells you a little bit of uh, the uncertainty of where we're going so we're going to go through these top 10 or 11 in this case one by one and then at the end i'm going to ask you guys who who you would vote out and who you think is missing because we all probably had at least one player that didn't make it in here but we're going to start with number one uh 37 overall points two of the four first place votes josh allen of buffalo bills you guys were not either uh, i gave him a first place vote and so did ricky uh, what do you guys think about Josh Allen ending up on top? Uh, I think the top three are basically, you know, roll the dice. Um, uh, and obviously we'll get into the other two, but it's, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I I felt the same. If you wanted to uh, interchange Allen and Mahomes, I wasn't too concerned. And I think, uh, as John alluded to Herbert, I feel like he separates from the remainder of the pack as well. I'm just uh, a hair leery to include him with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at the moment, but uh, he's not a terrible consolation prize with the third QB off the board for me, that's for sure. What I like about Allen, and we'll see if they ever finally fix uh this issue is he's still primarily one of the biggest weapons out of the backfield for them and fantasy that's been good. And what I think separates him from a couple of the other running quarterbacks that we'll see further down on this list is his durability. He has made all 49 starts the last three seasons and he doesn't ever seem to get too banged up. We'll see if that changes. He did have uh, more rushing yards, but fewer rushing touchdowns than he had in his first three years. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe Buffalo actually realizes they should either give commit to giving the ball to Devin Singletary or get a running back, and that'll change. But right now, I, that's, to me, what gives him a, a little bit of a slight edge. Over our number two selection, which was Patrick Mahomes, he came in right hot on Allen's heels with 36 points. Jason, he was your number one. What do you love about Mahomes? Um, really, you're just getting consistency and 
um, I would say a little bit more of a, a reliable uh, durability, at least the perception of durability, because he's pretty much, uh, you might want to say he's, you know, uh, a resurgence of a young Aaron Rodgers, the premier pocket passer in the league. But as you've said, Josh Allen looks to do that as well now from what we've seen for two years and adds a little bit more uh, mobility, not in the sense that he's just going to take um, literal rushing plays away from the, the run game, but he has the opportunity to turn, you know, broken plays into positive yardage and keep drives going, which just keeps his volume going. It's pretty incredible. John, he was uh, pretty high up for you, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, he is what he is. Uh, he he started off bad, um, you know, went on a little bit of a, a drought midseason as far as the passing touchdowns, still finished fourth uh, in mm. total points. So even when it looks like it's a bad season for him, it's probably going to turn out just fine. Yeah, I would say consistency-wise, he might be one of the most consistent because you'll see, you know, at times Allen has kind of bottomed out or had some rough games too. But what what I'm curious to see is it felt like the offense um, changed a little bit and was a little less high-flying last year. Throughout, I don't know if that's going to be a permanent change. You're seeing they really need to diversify, I think, beyond Hill and Kelsey, which is probably something we'll touch on when we do our wide receiver and tight end ranks. Three years ago, those guys probably would have been one or two and for all of us, and nobody would have questioned it. But now I think we've seen that slide down. They've never really developed a running game. Um, Mahomes still is incredible, but I have more questions, I guess, about the Chiefs offense than I have in any of the last few off-seasons. Number three on the consensus is Justin Herbert. And, John, you gave him your first-place vote. What do you love about Herbert? Well, um, out of the three, uh, Herbert's the youngest. Uh, Last season, you know, new offensive coordinator, new system. Um, he still went over 5,000 yards. Um, he was in third, um, in, uh, total scoring behind Brady by one point with, uh, with Brady out, you know, that would put him in second. And it's not like this is something new, you know, he was top 10 in his rookie season too. So he's just getting better. Um, pocket passer, but he can run. Uh, you know, again, going to that Aaron Rodgers comparison, you know, Aaron Rodgers has never been a rusher, but, you know, he can break off a 20 yard run without, well, maybe not anymore, but he (laughs) used to break off those, those 20 yarders uh, pretty frequently. So, um, you know, I, I like the guy uh, a lot. And some of it has to do with, uh, you know, Mahomes' season last year. He scored high, but it wasn't consistent. And then Josh Allen did a lot. Like, he had a lot of things that were his career worsts. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of worried about him, even though I had him ranked, what, third? Mm. Yeah. You know, I've, I've just – I've got more worries about Allen and Mahomes than I do Herbert. All right, Jason, what are your thoughts? I think if you're drafting first or second in the Superflex draft in the startup and you can trade back to pick three and get a first-round pick in the rookie draft or something like that, Herbert is the ideal candidate to end up with there, plus the extra pick. That seems probably a bit extreme for what you could get, but – I wouldn't have any problem with with somebody uh, suggesting moving off of a Mahomes or an Allen and ending up with Herbert and almost anything else. I don't think you're really losing anything there. Maybe a little bit of a gamble at some upside too with Herbert still. Yeah, I mean, two years in, he has a little over 9,300 yards and 69 passing touchdowns, which is nice. 
but uh, what has probably impressed me the most about Herbert is Keenan Allen's good, but he hasn't always been out there. Mike Williams is good, but he hasn't always been out there. And Herbert will use whoever is out there. I mean, he's made Jalen Guyton look like an all-star. Found Donald Parham. He's found all these backup running backs. It doesn't really seem to phase him, and I think that's only going to get better um, as they keep going through. So, uh, you guys were correct. There is a huge tier break uh, reflected kind of in our scoring between the top three and going down. Herbert was at 34 points. Uh, Mahomes had been 36. Allen 37. Next, fourth place for us was Joe Burrow, comes in at 24 points. He starts kind of a next tier that carries us uh, through uh, the top seven. Burrow, uh, an interesting uh, prospect. None of us had him lower than sixth. Uh, Jason, you were the highest. You had him fourth. What do you like about Joey B? Uh, I think it's um, a combination of my uh, what I, how I like to build say uh, i mean my ranks are mostly uh super flex based for quarterback i don't know if that's going to differentiate how you would do a one qb ranking um but i'm looking more for stability at the position when you need to roster two or three and start two so uh burrow for me uh, despite the catastrophic knee injury uh appears to be in one of the best spots and as a you know, a pocket passer that it looks like they're going to let him continue to have uh, pretty solid volume with a lot of great options to throw to. Uh, I feel comfortable with him for a long period of time, really. And that's going to make a difference for me over, say, a Lamar or a Kyler where we're, we're seeing some of the injury issues creep up with their increased mobility, if you will, and the propensity to to run with the ball. Um, although I think we've also seen that their, their upper levels of, of point production it looks like it's higher than a Joe Burrow. But uh, that's where maybe in one QB, I, I might take a shot more with a Lamar or a Kyler over a Joe Burrow. What do you think, Joe? Um, <clears throat> so I love Burrow. Um, I would move him into the top tier. Uh, I would. I probably wouldn't move him above any of those three guys, but I'd move him into the top tier if he played for any team other than the Bengals. Uh, well, most teams other than the Bengals. Uh, living in Ohio most of my life, um, you know, they're the Bungles. They've always managed to mess something up. Uh, they have an obvious franchise quarterback. He's already gone through the injury that Palmer did. Um, I, I really like him there. I mean, he finished eighth last year, uh, you know, and it was his one and a half season. So, yeah, I mean, I really, really like the guy and he's got Chase and Higgins, so he should be good for a long time. Yeah. I think his weapons are among the best, you know, Chase Higgins, and you can't forget about Boyd, which is a nice third receiver option to have. Uh, he's even made CJ Uzoma look good at times. He has Mixon behind him. Yeah, I was going to say, Mixon can catch a ball too. My, so I would agree. I think he has more stability um, than than some of the mobile quarterbacks around him, especially as it comes. That being said, if the Bengals don't make an investment in the offensive line this offseason – that will give me a moment of pause because I think we saw, especially in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, he got the S kicked out of him a couple of times. And even a quarterback that's not mobile can only get sacked nine times a game so many times before it starts to take its toll. I mean, he almost had another knee injury in the Super Bowl. Um, and you're not playing Aaron Donald and Von Miller every week, but the AFC North, no slouches when it comes to defense with the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. So... Our number uh, five coming in with 22 points is Kyler Murray. And we had a little bit of a bigger spread on Kyler Murray. Um, I was the lowest. I had him seventh. John, you were the highest. You had him fourth. What stands out to you about Kyler? Um, So his receiving core was banged up last year. I mean, um, imagine the drop-off 
that uh, Rodgers would have if Devontae went out. You know, same thing with Kyler. Uh, he was dealing with his own injuries. DeAndre Hopkins was um, nowhere to be found other than the IR uh, or, you know, uh, questionable status. So, you know, he gets them back. Uh, he did raise his completion percentage, average yards per attempt, his uh, rate, uh, quarterback rating, less interceptions. Um, he did have 13 fumbles last season. Like, he's not going to repeat that. So, um, you know, he's he's making moves in the right direction, even in a challenging season. So that's that's why I have him so high. Yeah, and for me, I like Murray's uh, talent and potential, but in his three years, he's never hit 4,000 yards. He's never hit 30 passing touchdowns. Rushing vaulted him up a little bit the first couple. We saw that kind of come down a little bit, both due to injury and then trying not to – Kyler Murray is a shorter, smaller quarterback. The other thing that gives me a little bit of pause, I guess, which is why I dropped him a couple of spots, is there's been some bad energy between him and his team. And uh, them committing to Cliff Kingsbury through the 2027 season, despite the fact that the guy has cratered at the end of every professional season he's ever had as a head coach, both in college and the pros, is a little interesting to me. But, Jason, what, how are you feeling about Murray? Um, honestly, I think Murray is a, a fantastic offensive weapon. Um it's just that hint of, of durability concern that would really change it. If he plays the full season uh, without getting banged up, you could be looking at him as the MVP possibly this year, uh, in, in my opinion. And the last couple of seasons out of points per game, he's you know jumped well over 20 points per game when healthy and at the quarterback position, you're, you know, you're talking about, barely a handful of people that are that are going to do that it's just mitigating the risk of of having to replace him you know potentially every season if you will and and when is that that one injury going to happen that suddenly the points per game drops considerably when he returns finally um i think you've seen it even even this year uh and and you can coincide that with not having DeAndre Hopkins at the same time, if you will. But, you know, the injuries uh, will have a huge effect. And that's my concern. Well, if we thought Murray was polarizing, number six, Lamar Jackson. And this was probably the biggest spread in our um, consensus ranks. Ricky had him fourth. I was by far the highest. I had him as QB3. I get all the... Uh, the challenges and definitely we saw the downside of having Lamar last year where injuries took him out for a full five games. His passing alone has never really been enough to elevate him. But when he's, when he's on and when that offense is on and when they're running the ball, well, um, he can be a huge point machine, not my favorite quarterback, but that was where I was at. John, you had him all the way down at QB nine. Yeah, a lot of concerns about injury. Um, injury, some of it. Um, I he had his lowest completion percentage. Um, you know, he's not all that accurate of a quarterback. Appears to be getting worse. Lowest QBR. Uh, his average rush uh, per attempt was the lowest of his career, which is real bad. Um, lowest TDs uh, on the ground. <laughs> That's where his money's at. Um, and the offensive line was just bad. You know, mm. it was the worst of the career. Um, I am, uh, I have a man crush on J.K. Dobbins. So that's going to take a lot of work away from him. And uh, we all see what happened to Cam. Like, yeah, Lamar might win you a league this year, maybe next year. Um, but, you know, five years from now. You're going to be looking for a new quarterback. Yeah, Jason, you weren't much higher. You had him at seven. Uh, similar concerns? Yeah, it's really just uh, echoing some similar concerns. I'm not as um, as worried uh, about his performance um, as as I think John 
alluded to some some concerns with deterioration. Um, uh, for for me, once we get past Herbert in at number three in our rankings, I'm pretty fine with having a lot of wiggle room up till you know QB seven, as you can see uh, yeah. in our rankings. So having you know Kyler Murray ahead of him or even Burrow ahead of him is more of a subjective thing at this point than uh, saying one is definitively a better fantasy player than the other. Yeah. If that, if that makes, you know, clarifies my position. Well, you alluded to it. QB seven is kind of another huge tear break for us. Uh, the last of the double digit point scores at 20 points, Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. And we were all fairly consistent here. Um, I had him ranked sixth, uh, Ricky had him seventh. John had him sixth. You were uh, the highest, Jason, at five. Is it the consistency that you like? Uh, concerns at all now that rumors are coming out that Amari Cooper might get the axe? Um, you know, it'd be nice to have a perfect world where all of your, you know, first round pick offensive weapons are still in place. Uh, but I'm not too concerned. Uh, Dak, for me, Dak. Joe Burrow, very similar, and Dak has, you know, uh, I guess a little bit more certainty with his contract situation, and he's just been in the league and been a top performer for a while. Uh, you could also put a, um, you know, legal issues aside, Deshaun Watson is right there in the same mold, probably better uh, if on the field. So I'm comfortable with Dak. That's what that comes down to. I, I feel like I'm making the same argument <laughs> for Dak as I am with Joe Burrow or even some of the pocket passers who just are, are much more efficient with their volume. Yeah, and Dak is a player who uh, early in his career, you know, I think it was his first three seasons, he had six rushing touchdowns a season. He's dialed that back a little bit, but that's come with a big increase in pass production this last year, 4,449 yards, 37 touchdowns, really kind of balancing that out. How do you feel about Dak, John? Um, so, I mean, fantasy football is entirely stats-based. We all know that. Um, and Dak was, as you said, you know, career highs in a lot of things, uh, completion attempt, percentage, uh, touchdowns, all stuff you touched on. But uh, he had his career lowest QBR. Um, his rush average was down, which, you know, he's not necessarily a rushing quarterback, especially after his, uh, his injury. But uh, still something to look at, um, you know, lowest TDs on the ground. Uh, and a lot of fumbles. Um, so, you know, he's hit or miss. Uh, probably the reason I have him this low is he's 28. You know, if he was 24, I'd probably have him higher. Oh, Dak. You, you got to keep eating that chunky soup to keep you young. Yes. Well, after the top seven, we get to a group of quarterbacks to finish this out that um, – it's fair to say split us a lot more. None of them um, were on everyone's list. You know, after that top seven, uh, that was kind of the tear break of guys that appeared on all four lists. And then you, you start moving around. Um, I think it probably comes down to upside versus stability arguments, which is definitely going to be in play with our number eight selection, which is Trey Lance, the only uh 2021 rookie who makes it up into the top 10 for us and it ends up being Lance. And it is largely thanks to one man. And that would be you, uh, John. It's, I know it's going to be hard to tell uh, who's wearing the 49er Jersey. You ranked him up at seven. What do you like about Lance? Um, you know, he played what three full games. He averaged 21.4 points per game. He is not ready to be a starter. And he put up over 20 points per game in his starts. Um, you know, a full off season with him, number one, not splitting reps. Uh, he had a year to learn the offense. Uh, obviously, they're going to tweak it because um, they're going from a guy that didn't have the arm, didn't have the speed. You know, Jimmy G could rush, but Trey Lance can rush. 
Um, you know, and it's still going to be that run first offense. It's just, he's going to take some of those runs and, uh, they're going to take a lot of the pressure off of them. I feel like, especially early on. Yeah. Jason, any thoughts about Lance? Uh, I'm, I'm still looking to see a, a full season before I want to commit, uh, say early startup capital to, to him over even a, a Wilson or a Stafford. And then even, even in those senses, you're getting into, into the draft where, and this is for super flex, of course, um, where you're looking at, you know, prime position players at running back wide receiver and even tight end. I'm liking a lot of them better than, than jumping in on Lance just yet. Um, but I, I understand the upside. I like the gamble. Um, I've got no problem with, with John, you know, even, even with the homerism, uh, getting after it with Trey Lance. I'm excited for John. Lance is also only like, he just got old enough to drink, you know, he's got a long ways in front of him. Hopefully, hopefully he is the epitome of franchise quarterbacks and, uh, you know, yeah, well, we, we can laugh about this in ten years after he has seven Super Bowl titles. Um, they did bet a lot, a lot on him, which is why you know I've heard some people. I, I don't want to consider Lance until they move on for Garoppolo. You don't spend three firsts and wait, and Jordan love someone, you know. So right. I I think it's definitely going to be the starter this year. It's a huge upside play i think if i was to go and make an early and you do have to make an early commitment if you want to get lance and superflex because there are people that believe in that upside that monster potential i think it's the same argument you're getting in rookie drafts with malik willis who might be the most raw prospect but if if everything hit could have the most upside you probably could say the same thing about lance if that's a play you're gonna make i think you make sure you back it up with some stable veterans like a Matt Ryan or somebody who's not spectacular and not a high draft cost, but definitely would give you a, something of a stable floor. In our final spot, we had three guys end up tied uh, at nine. And I think that really speaks to a little bit of the uncertainty this time of year. So I'm going to do them in alphabetical order. So the first of those tied players is Matthew Stafford, who just won the Super Bowl with the Rams. Jason and I were the only two to rank him. Jason, you had him the highest at eight. What do you like about Stafford? Um, I mean, he finally got in the offense that could bring him to the playoffs, <laughs> win him a Super Bowl. Uh, as much as it came at the cost of the San Francisco 49ers, apologies to John. Um, I'm still, again, I, I was rooting for the Niners, John. So Jaquiski Tart dropped the interception and lost the game. He was the MVP for the Rams. Exactly. Yeah. But I think uh, with Stafford, you're in a prime position. He's still, I believe, 33, maybe 34 years old at the most. Uh, I think you still have several years of 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 life out of him in a, in a comfortable situation. So I can't argue with with him, even Russell Wilson, I honestly was going to put both of them the same, but I had to flip a coin between putting one eighth, one ninth. So uh, I like them both as still being within the primes of their careers, uh, the extended quarterback prime, if you will. Stafford just turned 34 um, right before the Super Bowl. Right. Nice. Um, I I feel somewhat the same. He's always been a good stats player. I've had him in my kind of top 10-ish a long time, even when he was in Detroit. They didn't have great teams, but that wasn't because of him. I like the position that he's in with a good offensive mind. You know, if Sean McVay had retired, that might have given me pause because you never know what's going to happen. But I feel like they've made long-term commitments to pieces they have in place. I honestly would not be surprised if OBJ resigns for a decent cap team-friendly deal since he's probably not going to be available until November. And I think they're they're going to continue to be perennial playoff contenders. He's found a good marriage of system and player. John, not 
super surprising. You may not be uh, excited to drop a Ram in your top 10 after uh, this playoffs, but what maybe pushes Stafford down the list for you? So he's 34. Yeah. <laughs> I love Matthew Stafford uh, until last season. Um, you know, I, I would target him in virtually every draft because you could get him in that, you know, mid to late second, uh, second tier. Um, but one, he's a Ram, but that's, that's a little one. The other one is I, I'm not going to put anybody in my top 10. That's, that's over 30 unless it's, you know, a 35 a year old Patrick Mahomes maybe, or, you know, somebody like that, like Rogers, the past couple of years, Brady, the past couple of years. Um, and while Stafford's really good, uh, what happens when Cooper Cup goes down? Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, you know, he's throwing four instead of 350. He's throwing for 275. Maybe. Yeah, you're not on the uh, like Ben Skoranek train. I almost forgot the guy's first name. That's how oh, I love the is. guy. I love him. But he's not Cooper Cup. Few people are. Although, uh, my favorite meme of the offseason, if you haven't had a chance to see it, is the one that uh, puts Cooper Cup and Kelly Stafford side by side. <laughs> I have not seen that. I'll, have to, I'll find it. Uh, our next one is probably one of the most polarizing um, players just in general. Um, talent is A+. Plus, the situation is F-. Minus, and that is Deshaun Watson. Uh, three of us ranked him. Uh, Ricky was the highest, actually ranked him eighth. You guys dropped him just inside the top ten. I actually did not have him in the top ten. And for me, it has nothing to do with his talent. I think if we knew he was definitely going to play all the games, even if he was back in Houston, I would be pretty tempted to throw him top five because we've seen it time and again. But I, I rolled the dice. I was one of those people that uh, in a good situation in a couple of leagues rolled the dice on picking up Deshaun Watson and ended up watching him wilt on my bench uh, all of the 2021 season. And we'll watch somebody else use my first round draft pick this year uh, for the privilege. So not knowing what's going to happen, you know, how do you guys feel about Watson? I, I mean, I'd love the guy. He was on a, a big upper trajectory um, he's had a season, so he's going to be rusty, but he's also going to be fresh. Um, and it doesn't matter where he goes. You know, he's not going to go to the Jets because they have whatever they have at quarterback right now. He's not going to the Jags. You know, they drafted that one guy we talked about earlier. Um, you know, uh, Dolphins have Tua, and their offense picked up. He's not going any place that doesn't have um, some sort of weapons. Whatever team he goes to will be better than the Texans. And, um, you know, I like his upside. He's still only 26. Uh, you know, that's far enough away from that magic 30 number I have. Um, I traded for him last season. I actually uh, gave up way too much. I didn't realize I was in a one QB and I paid two QB uh, prices for him. Uh, so he has to come back and be at least top 10. And it like taking the chance on a top, like Watson at 10, um, you know, you're far enough down that you can turn around and in a super flex, you can turn around and take one of these other guys that barely missed our, uh, you know, our yeah. top 10. If you get number 10 and you get number 14, you know, you, you're you good. Yeah. How do you feel, Jason? Um, I, again, like Deshaun Watson from a fantasy performance perspective. Uh, clearly, I have significant issues for his, his off-the-field misconducts if it turns out uh, everything is as it appears. Um but from a, a, a value standpoint, I would much rather be taking him in the late third or early fourth in a startup than having to pay up in the mid or early second for a Trey Lance or Justin Fields. 
So it's more of kind of that balancing act that in my mind, I, I'd rather just play that game and start off with maybe a young, uh, maybe a, a Justin Jefferson, uh, Javante Williams start uh, one, two, and then have Deshaun Watson and, and maybe play it as a, a, a hair of a, a long game if you want to go productive struggle but there's still the, the upside that Deshaun Watson ends up playing this season coming up. And now you're in a, a tremendous spot. So like Deshaun Watson um, basically did the same thing as Robert Kraft. He was just pushier about it. Oh, and nobody's on. Um, he did the same thing as Bill Cosby. If you're talking about. Numbers. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize there were. He's in the thirties in numbers. Oh no, no! I mean, I'm sure Robert Kraft went to the massage shop, you know, multiple times. But did did Watson drug him, Mike Cosby? I thought it was just he was trying to solicit things that he should not have been. He's being accused of sexual assault, Robert Kraft, which we must admit um, those charges were dismissed and found not to be actor accurate was accused of le- illegal solicitation mm. okay a little so bit a little bit a little bit different yeah yeah it's a little a little more on the cosby train what's going to be interesting is we should get a good idea the judge just ruled that deshaun watson has to make himself available for deposition for nine opposing counsel lawyers uh, for uh, nine victims who allowed themselves to be deposed by his team. Now he has to be deposed by them. That's probably going to be the make or break that may push toward a settlement or something else. It's a tough, it's a tough situation. I will say the two places where I have Watson, I made sure I had options. So in one place I was a super flex defending champion and I thought Watson's value is never going to be lower. I already have Alan Herbert, Stafford and Wilson. I threw away my first and got him. I didn't end up winning this year, but I, I'm fine rolling with those. In the other place, Watson was in Superflex, was my QB1, and I had Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins, but I wasn't sure that was enough, and I used my first to get Aaron Rodgers. And again, I had, I had been the runner-up. I didn't make it probably for other reasons because I have too many freaking Broncos on every team. But, I mean, I think those are the kind of – you know, then if Watson comes back, you're in excellent shape. Maybe you can sell off an asset. But for me, it was I need to protect myself in case he doesn't play. Because you're all, it's also a player you're not setting free. You have to know you're burning a – in most leagues, you're just burning a bench spot because most – because he was – since they did that healthy scratch thing, he was never IR eligible <laughs> anywhere. So it's just, you know, it's just a dead spot. But our last quarterback on the list is somebody that I actually – uh used as my uh, Watson hedge in a couple of those leagues, which is Russell Wilson uh, of the Seahawks. Another guy, only Jason and I had him ranked. I was the highest. I had him eighth. Um, Used to be incredibly reliable. Wasn't as good this last year, but the Seahawks in general weren't as good. Another guy who a lot of range of outcomes for teams he could be on, Um, but I still like the talent. Jason, what do you like about Russell Wilson? Uh, It it seems like a, almost more of an aberration this past season, uh, considering his history. Uh, and I understand the age he's starting to get closer to those mid thirties years. Um, uh, John is, is heavily into the, into the youth department at the quarterback position. I, I've, I've given a bit more consideration over the past year, year or two, um, on the, the shelf life of quarterback. And I'm a bit more comfortable now into the mid thirties with having, having a quarterback that especially one with uh, such a track record of consistent production, uh, that I'm going to get a few still fairly prime years at worst, I believe from a 34 year old quarterback. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where I stand. Is it mostly age for you again, John? Um, I mean, he burnt me this year. I traded for him with you, and he was not the QB1 that I needed him to be. But having said that, 
It's mostly age. Team's bad. He's in a bad situation. Um, you know, it depends on where he lands. Um, and, you know, he's not a rushing quarterback anymore. He's never been a rushing, rushing quarterback, but he used to be able to scramble. You know, with all the injuries he's taken to the bottom half of his body, he's having a hard time with that. And that kills a quarterback's total, um, you know, total points. So unless a new offensive coordinator or something hops in at Seattle, I mean, he has weapons. He has Lockett. He has uh, DK. You know, those guys aren't scrubs. Um, and then there was another guy that that really picked it up for him this season. I don't remember his name though. Anyway, he's a Seahawk. I don't like the Seahawks. Um, <laughs> you know, same thing with Stafford. You know, wrong division for me to rank you. Um, but yeah, he's just he's older, a little broken down, and we don't know what's going to happen with him next year. So uh, he's been trending down, and I don't like it. Well, what is probably depressing for you is all four quarterbacks from the NFC West, all four projected current starters in the NFC West made this list. So yes, tells you about the division. So I'm going to recap our top 10 real quick, and then we're going to go around um, one uh, that you wish would have been on the list. And if you had to remove one, who would it be and why? So the top 10 that we have, number one, Josh Allen, number two, Patrick Mahomes, number three, Justin Herbert, number four, Joe Burrow, number five, Kyler Murray, number six, Lamar Jackson, seven, Dak Prescott, eight, Trey Lance, and a, a tie for nine, Matthew Stafford, Sean Watson, and Russell Wilson. So Jason, what's one quarterback that was on the cusp of making you are the only one of us that actually got all 10 of yours in. Looks uh, great to me. It looks great to you. <laughs> uh, if you had to pull one and you had one that you wish was in, what would it be? Um, I think if, I mean, I, I'm fine with, with Lance and Superflex as, as a potential. Um, but as a, a flyer, let's say it was one QB. I'd be down with taking a shot at Jalen Hurts there, just as as an upside. If he if he doesn't pan out over one season, the cost isn't going to be prohibitive. To me. So, um, just play the upside at one QB. I consider Jalen Hurts feasible for this at the top ten. All right, John. How about you, uh, Justin Fields? Um, you know, I don't like Ohio State, but I live in Columbus, Ohio. So I see these guys play, and he's he was good. You know, he was really good. Um, the only thing that I'm really concerned about with him is, you know, it's similar with Joe Burrow. He's he's not as talented as Joe Burrow, I don't believe, but he plays for the Bears, and the Bears suck. The Bears have sucked. The Bears will suck. You know, they Justin and uh, Andy turned Allen Robinson into an afterthought. Like, what did he get, four or 500 yards last season? Like 436. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you can eliminate a guy that's, you know, Pro Bowl, flirting with the Pro Bowl uh, down to that point. I think Fields is a highlights guy, too. I like him, you know, it, that spin move that he put on in the uh, in the college game, then he did it again in the pros. Um, I like I like watching the kid. So I hope he does well. So I think for me, uh, the one that I would have nowhere close to my top 10 that ends up in there is Lance. I'm not a believer. Uh, I wasn't a believer going into the draft. I actually have him currently as QB 18 for me. And that feels high. And I think it's only there because there is so much uncertainty with like a dozen teams in the NFL. At least Lance, we know where he's going to be for the next three years. Um, the one, so Ricky and I had the same, uh, second year quarterback as our 10th pick and that's Mac Jones. Um, if we were talking about stability versus upside, he's definitely probably not on the upside scale, but stability, uh, we thought that he might be the most stable. And I think we saw that he had by far the best year of any of the rookies out there starting seems to be in a great situation with Belichick. I know Josh McDaniels is gone, but I'm not a huge fan of McDaniels. And I think we've seen the Patriots have managed to be consistent no matter who their coordinators have been throughout the years with Bill there. 
I think they are a team that's actually poised to get a little bit better. Uh, it seems like they finally realized that wide receivers are an important function of both NFL football and fantasy football. Um, so a lot of talk that they're going to go get somebody. I think Mac Jones probably will never have the ceiling of the other four quarterbacks that were taken in uh, the first round, but I have more faith in the longevity of his career and the stability of his performance. And for me, that matters a little bit when I'm looking at, at dynasty, you know, I don't like as much volatility because quarterbacks, you never know what you're going to get coming into this last year's draft was great. This year's draft is not shaping up too spectacular. So before we transition to movie corner, I'm going to spring this one on you guys, but I, and I will go first, so you have time to think. If you had to today pick which of the upcoming quarterbacks ends up being the highest drafted, which do you think it's going to be? And I've debated about this. I think it's going to end up being Malik Willis, even though I think he has possibly the base bust potential coming out of Liberty. He's a very raw prospect. He put up okay numbers against most of Liberty's opponents when he played FBS opponents. He did not do as well, but I I get why people want to reach for that. He has the potential dual threat, but I'll let John go first. (laughs) Um, I have no idea who the top quarterbacks in the NFL draft are going to be. Um, I watch college football um, for the numbers, you know, next to the name. Uh, I am a ranking guy. Um, so some of these smaller school guys, I have no idea. You know, Mel Kuyper is going to tell me all about them. Um, you know, <laughs> so, very telling. Kuyper's mock that he put out uh, only has two quarterbacks going in the first round and none higher than pick 20. Yeah, I saw that. Um just uh, briefly going over it. But, yeah, like with quarterback especially, it's landing spot. It's system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could be a top-end running back or a top-end wide receiver, and it doesn't really matter where you go. Uh, look at Debo and Ayuk. Um, you know, it's something like that uh, with everybody but quarterback. He's got to have the the right landing spot for me to consider him. And I mean, if it's consistent with uh, what we saw from the Kuiper mock that you you mentioned, if if all these quarterbacks are going into the later first rounds, they're probably going to end up in some pretty great landing spots because you're looking at teams that were playoff teams. If you want to count the Pittsburgh Steelers as a playoff team at the end of the day, technically they made it. (laughs) And. You know, they had a lead against the Chiefs for a moment, so uh, they they appeared. Um, uh, for me, I'm going to side with Matt, with Malik Willis, because I just think you're getting that dynamic athleticism. And for the most part, uh, you know, you're getting three or four other quarterbacks that aren't really any different from each other in in the rest of the crew, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, uh, Sam Howell, uh, Carson Strong, if you want to go there. Um, but Malik Willis offers you that, that upside that Matt alluded to. And if I'm, if I'm taking a shot, I'm taking a shot on him. Yeah. You know, otherwise, you know, someone falls into the second round of the NFL draft. I'll just, you know, take whoever is left really there. That's it. Some of these rookie drafts, particularly Superflex rookie drafts, are going to be fascinating because no one's in love with any of the quarterback or running back prospects, which, you know, those are probably the two most fungible and important things, especially for teams that are usually picking at the top of a uh, fantasy rookie draft. Those are probably the positions you don't have. It's not an optimal year. Uh, Before we get out, yep. I I got a quick one. where do you rank Mac Jones if they sign Amari to a four-year deal? Does he go up? I'd probably still have him at 10 because I I don't think he has the ceiling of some of those other guys. But, again, I like the stability. They're going to get somebody, whether it's Amari Cooper or Jarvis Landry or um, you know they've been linked to taking Jamison Williams in the first round of the draft. They're going to get a receiver. We've seen I, – I still somehow think – 
they did not spend that much money on Johnny Smith to have him not have any role. I think they've got to figure out how to use both their tight ends. Uh, and they have some complimentary. I don't, you know, Kendrick Bourne, if he was like your third receiver, slot receiver, isn't, isn't a terrible option. Um, Jacoby Meyer has his moments. They just need that probably number one target. And I almost think they, you know, an Amari Cooper, a Jarvis Landry, some kind of a possession receiver probably makes more sense than them trying to go get a banger because I don't see them as a we're just going to take seven steps and vault it down the field kind of offense. Yeah, I, I see Jacoby as being an excellent wide receiver too. Um, he is not the guy though. Yeah. Would you like Would you like Juju joining the Patriots? Yeah, I would love it because I don't I mean, like the Patriots anymore. I also, I mean, that would be another Juju, uh, Jarvis Landry, Amari Cooper. I think they can do some similar things as a possession kind of a receiver. Um, you know, maybe, they maybe aren't the field stretcher, and then they, they go get some kind of rocket if they want to pull the top off the defense. They need something because it wasn't working. Nelson Aguilar ain't it. No. Nikhil Harry. Ain't it? <laughs> Maybe they go out and get Tyrell Williams. Hope he doesn't get another concussion. <laughs> that burned the draft pick this season. Oh, boy. All right. Well, before we get out of here, we're going to wrap up with Movie Corner as we do each and every week. Uh, I will be going over some of the uh, new films, uh, which both Ricky and I have reviews out on um, and are going to be part of the Banana Meter. But the biggest release of the week is, uh, believe it or not, guys, they're making a movie about Batman. I don't think it's ever happened. In, no, I'm just kidding. Every few years, we get a, a remake of, uh, of Batman. This time, it's Battenson, Robert Pattinson, taking over the uh, the Batman role. Twihards are, uh, you know, running out to watch a comic book movie for the first time in the history of their lives. Um, it is th- three hours. Uh, it was a four-hour theater commitment that I made yesterday to get all the way through it. Uh, but before I touch on that, I'm guessing neither of you have yet seen the batman i uh, it's not out on like hbo max or anything yet is it no because <laughs> no. i am not gonna pay a dime to go see a DV- dc movie yes yeah. but do you guys have a favorite previous batman movie who wants to go first oh, i'll jump in there um well it's kind of a toss-up um like Michael Keaton Batman, mm-hmm. love it. The original Michael Batman Keaton is still the best Batman. Yeah. So you know the original, not the original original, but the original Batman. Um, that is my favorite by far. And then you get into Returns. Um, Forever was the one with uh, Carrie and Tommy yeah. Lee. Um, I really like that one. I know it's a terrible movie but I really liked it. It was campy, like, uh, you know, but Batman returns Batman forever. And then the original one with Adam West. Um, that's it's hilarious, especially now. It's a whole different idea of Batman. Yeah. Definitely swung the pendulum. Yeah, and the, like, it's an amazing cast, you know, Eartha Kitt, um, other people that I can't remember their names. Uh, but Ernest Borgnine, I believe, was uh, the Penguin, maybe? Uh, no, I think it's Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith was the Penguin. Uh, yeah, those are similar names. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, love the love the old ones. Um, but Batman with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton was it. That was literally the first superhero movie I ever saw. I was born in 81. That movie came out in Batman 89. Uh, I was the first Batman's always been my favorite superhero. It's probably because I watched the animated series and then started watching those movies. I was born in 81. So Batman was one of the very first superhero movies that, that I saw. So that might, you know, there's good memories attached to it. That might be it. Yeah. It was fun. Me trying to describe to Ricky, the child nostalgia that keeps that up high for me. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Jason? Any Batman movie you're a fan of? Um, I enjoy the Batman series. I was a Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. fan growing up, but I, you know, I think the Batman franchise for me, uh, 
um, the pinnacle for obvious reasons is the Dark Knight Rises, um, because where else do you get a destroyed Heinz Field with Heinz Ward in the end zone by himself with the football at the end? So, pretty exciting. that that actually is uh, Ricky's favorite. I don't know if if the one that we just had displaced that, but that is uh, Ricky loves that movie as well. I also. Um, love that one. My my favorite Batman movie and remains my favorite Batman movie is The Dark Knight. Um, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. There is a um, a struggle between good and evil and worldview um, that really speaks to me in what Christopher Nolan did there. This new one uh, is very different. It's not like any kind of thing you've ever seen. Ricky described it as mostly a hard-boiled detective film, and that's fairly accurate. I got strong vibes uh, in the some at points of Watchmen. Um, nice. You know, they almost make it lean into you know Rorschach was patterned off of Batman because Alan Moore was a DC Comics writer, and you have a very strong you know influence there. But I would also say one of the big films that I constantly thought about during that three hours is Seven. Um, it's very so you know that gives you probably an idea that is not two things you think of in the traditional comic book sense. I was very, very skeptical of Robert Pattinson playing this role, but I thought he did a decent job. There are some beautiful shots, a haunting score. It's maybe a little too long, um, and it's definitely dark, both in plot and also can DC not afford cinematic lights? I, I've uh, A lot of people have asked this question, but there are some times where it's just like... Okay, what are you doing? Uh, but I thought it was a very interesting um, take. I'll be curious to see. A lot of critics have so far loved it a lot. I gave it four stars out of five. I have it sitting uh, as number one for my top ten of the year so far. Um, I thought it was really good. It is a huge weekend for movies uh, being released. There is three different films that were part of the Sundance Film Festival that are also coming out this week. Um the banana meter, uh, for those of you that are following that Ricky started, we, the Batman will be one of our banana meter films. The early banana meter reviews were 89%, which would put it by far the highest. I think it's going to end up going a little bit higher based on scoring I've seen. Uh, the other banana meter movie is a movie called Fresh that came out uh, at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, between the Batman and Fresh, this is probably the most unsettling week of films uh, that we've had <laughs> new releases so far. I watched it this morning after I ate breakfast. I regret that I ate before I watched it. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. Um, I thought it was very compelling, but um, it is deeply unsettling. Ricky naturally loved it. He gave it four and a half stars. I would not be surprised if it hits over 80% on the banana meter as well. Uh, another Sundance movie that I really like that premieres on Showtime is called After Yang. It's got Colin Farrell, who is actually in the Batman. He plays Penguin in the Batman. Um, you may not recognize him because of the face makeup they put on him in the Batman. You will definitely recognize him in After Yang. It is a very different, pensive uh slow-moving, thoughtful movie. Ricky gave it B- minus his review dropped this morning. I gave it four stars. I liked it more than he did. These things happen. And then the last of the new releases from Sundance this week is a documentary, Lucy and Desi, about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime released uh, Being the Ricardos, which was the fictionalized version from Aaron Sorkin um, that's kind of competing for some Academy Awards. But now you can see the documentary done by Amy Poehler. So... An interesting and diverse weekend of films, uh, the first two of which are Dark AF. So, <laughs> enjoy. But before we get out of here, why don't you tell uh, people where they can find you? Uh, where can they find you, John? Um, I am at iHeartCaravans on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much anywhere you look, you'll find me at iHeartCaravans. Um, so, tweet me if you need me. I'll be there. Jason? Uh, I'm at Asterita Jason on Twitter. That's pretty much the only place you're going to find me if you're not uh, perusing for some old Dynasty content or Flyers content on the uh, Music City Drive-In. Uh, look forward to doing some more of these panels as we discuss our Dynasty rankings uh, for the remainder of March. Yeah, and we will be back uh, next Friday looking at running backs. 
you can find me at Nighthawk7734. As I said, the post version of today's ranking with our scoring will drop later this afternoon. It'll be the same throughout the month. Uh, Ricky may be back with us next week. He will certainly be back uh, the week following when free agency opens. We'll be doing the wide receiver panel and probably talking about our, the NFL's version of March Madness, which is doling out billions of dollars uh, to crush the hopes and dreams of fan bases or to provide false hope to fan bases. Tis coming. But for now, we will sign off. Have a great weekend and enjoy the NFL Combine.